Welcome back to the UCFB Football Podcast, brought to you by Blue Check Wembley. Hello and welcome back to episode 8 of the UCFB Football Podcast. Uh, so boys, how did we all get on this week? The Women's Academy, once again, uh, picking up a win, now for the second week in a row, uh, which is really good. It was our second win of the season, so you know it's like, it's like buses, isn't it? You wait all day for one to come along and two come at once. Um, we played at home in the Cup to Chichester. Um, who we'd played the week before in the league and we'd smashed them last week. So um, we weren't sure whether it was going to be the same thing again or they were going to put out a slightly stronger side, which in the end they did. Um, so it was a much tighter game, similar to game week one of the season when we played them. Um, and yeah, we managed to come away with a 4-2 win, um, which went to extra time. And for, I think it was 53 minutes during the game, we were losing. So... It was a massive turnaround to sort of go from that way. You think it's gonna, you think it's not gonna go well, and it's not gonna be a day. And then we grabbed a ninety-third minute header, I think, to equalise and take it to extra time. But that's just the thing, isn't it? Like a win can do so much for a team. And maybe if you hadn't got that win the week before, that header doesn't go in, or you don't then equalise to then go on and win it. So I think, especially seeing as some of the results before the last couple of weeks, it was the women's. They were winning and ended up losing in the last few minutes. So it's nice to see them in from a losing position to a win, winning position, sort of like the, the opposite way around to what it has been recently. Yeah, the the last few weeks we've been picking up speed. Um, we've lost 7-6 to St. Mary's, but that was the first time that we'd really shown our sort of attacking prowess and us being able to score goals this season. Um, and then the following week, a 7-0 win over Chichester, which was massive confidence boost. Um for the whole team, you know, we managed to keep a clean sheet for the first time this season and the first win, which, again, is just massive. So we took that into this game, knowing that there were going to be a few of the same players from the week before, um, from the sides Chichester fielded, but we did have a feeling they'd be putting out a stronger side for this cup game. So we knew it was going to be a tough one. And, you know, as soon as, as, soon as they arrived and started warming up, we could see there were some, some of the players that hadn't been there last week. So we were prepared for a tough game. Um... We got the first goal, um, and from that point onwards, it was just, it was all UCFB, but the chances that we were creating just weren't having that final touch, they weren't going in. And then before you knew it, they scored two goals in four minutes to sort of flip it on its head just before half time. So after a pretty good first half, we went in at the break, you know, with nothing really to show for it. Um, so at half time, they changed the system, it went from a back five to a back four. Um, going to a three in midfield to sort of try and gain a bit more control of that centre of the park. And then, again, it was it was more of the same. Chichester really weren't creating anything for the second half. It was it was all UCFB, but now the play was quite lethargic. We were just having possession for possession's sake. And then 93rd minute, when it looks like it's all over, we won a free kick um, on the wide left. And Kira Perju swings in a beautiful cross, and Megan Alloway is there to head it home. That's a massive moment for her personally as well, obviously getting sent off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so it's sort a, of from zero to hero. Yeah, her first game back from suspension. Um, and yeah, she was she was delighted to get on the score sheet and that was pretty much the last kick of the normal time, 90 minutes. Must have um, been some limbs when that went in. Then. It was, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, um, credit credit to the women's team. You know, Chichester probably came into that cup fixture trying to get revenge and then for UCFB to be down and then come, come out um, on top, sort of equalising last minute, really impressive. Yeah, it was again huge. Like I think for confidence as well, we'd 
I think the girls will admit they played like awfully during that second half. They had the ball and like Chichester sat back and were there to be attacked, but they just really didn't make anything happen with it. And then it was a set piece, um, luckily, that, that bailed us out of trouble. Um, and then once full time was blown, uh, we had five minutes to sort of go over things and talk about shape and uh, what had gone well, what hadn't gone well. And there was such an air of confidence now that they'd grabbed that late goal. And you could just feel that UCFB were going to be the team that went on to win it. Sometimes as well, when you find a way to sort of get the result you need, sort of winning ugly, it's it does more for sort of team spirit and team confidence than what it does, say, winning 12 or 13 nil. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that was absolutely the case today. And I think after that, after that goal went in, you could really see that bounce taken out of Chichester. They could, they could sort of feel like, oh, we had it in our hands and now we've thrown it away. So going into extra time, I think UCFB were the much, much more confident team. And it did feel like it was going to be ours on the day. And luckily we scored two goals in extra time. Um, the first came from Kira, where she sort of went through on goal from a fantastic through ball. And she just about managed to get the, the final touch on it, putting it past the keeper as she was sort of rushing out to meet her. Um, one of the defenders tried to clear it off the line, um, but uh, ended up putting it in her own net. So it looked a bit... We, we won't go there with the own goal, because no, it, no, it was already on target. Yeah, no, but, you're not having that one. Absolutely not. How, it, it just looked... That, it, it looked asking I won't lie, it looked like a really easy one to clear. So for that reason, it was like... Yeah, well, you would say that, given way, the fact yeah. that none of us were there to see it. Oh. <laughs> We've got VAR this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the goal that put us ahead, uh, 3-2. Um, and then half-time and extra time came, and it was more of the same. Let's hold on to the lead. We've got 15 minutes, and we're through to the next round, if we can hold out. Um, and really, UCFB weren't looking to just hold out. They were straight, straight away on the front foot again. And after, I think, two minutes in that second half of extra time, we grabbed another Savannah Japal with a fantastic volley into the bottom left corner just to put it to bed. Um, and even from that point, I think Chichester knew that the game was done um, and UCFB continued their attacks. Kira hit the crossbar in the last minute and you know, the referee blew for full time. Um, it was a really, really massive win for the team. Um, coming through a team that... We, we knew it was going to be tough, tougher than last week, especially when you can have a bit of complacency after beating a team 7-0 one week and then having them the next week. Um, it was a it was a really impressive turnaround um, going from, you know, being behind in the game for so long and then being able to take the win. I also think as well, having already lost to that team, was it the first game of the season? Yeah. To then be losing again, it'd be easy to just be like, oh, well, it's happened again sort of thing. It was the same scoreline as well, two one, wasn't it? Yeah. So, to sort of not just bow down and accept the result and to come back and get yourself into the next round, I think it did a world of good. I think more often than not in uni football, your your cup run can sort of salvage your form if you go on a sort of a bad run at, in the league and you've drawn a couple of games or you even lose a game. Getting that win in the cup, there's just something about the magic of the cup that can just lift you. And then the next game, it's almost like in the back back in the league, it's almost like those results that have gone were would never never happened. And I I feel I feel like sometimes a cup win can feel like three league wins, almost for in terms of confidence and team morale. Yeah, especially in the way it was done last week, having scored a goal in the ninety third minute to take the game to extra time, 
and scoring, you know, so um, carrying on the game that way and then winning it, going on to win it, gives the team a massive confidence boost going forward into the rest of the league games this year. Yeah, um, I mean, the the first half of the season we'd had a torrid time, like it was not going well at all, and then within the space of three game weeks we've scored seventeen goals, when before before those three games we'd only scored three all season. So it really looks like things are starting to click and, you know, that team bond is starting to come together and they're starting to gel and um, hopefully we'll be able to put some more points on the board. So Dylan, how did the seconds get on? So the seconds also had a cup game uh, last week. They were away to Surrey, um, who were one tier above um, the seconds. So uh, going into the game is without a doubt going to be the um, hardest uh, opposition they faced. Uh, the team were with the same 4-1, 4-1 formation, but um, Jude Harding and Santon actually came into the team from the thirds because they didn't they didn't have a cup game this week. The game started off very physical and straight away Yusuf B um, were pushed back into a defensive style of play and that was something that this team's not used to. They're usually um, used to, in the in the league games that they played this season, they're usually used to going forward and retaining possession and attacking. Um, but last week, um, Surrey were the team that were doing that and um, they retained most of the possession for the majority of the first half. Um, Despite that, though, they weren't able to really create any clear-cut chances. And UCFB, after around 20 minutes or so, um, they started to get the better chances despite not having a lot of possession. Uh, the biggest chance uh, in the first half came when um, Naim uh, was played through on the left and he, he played a nice weighted cross to Jude Harding, who went on to head the ball. He was just short of scoring. And uh, that was uh, the closest chance in the first half. Uh, so the game was goalless at the break. Uh, and some, Sam Danashi came on in the second half. The second half uh, was sort of similar to the first half. UCFB were quiet and sorry, we're still um, on the front foot, sort of retaining most possession, trying to create some play. But again, um, they, again, they weren't able to create any really uh, clear-cut chances. It's a credit to the UCFB defence for them to keep the Surrey attack at bay while they were just while they had lot of possession. They were just attacking, 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 and eventually, um, in the 60th minute, out of nowhere, um, UCFB. Uh, which is sort of gifted a chance, you know, uh, Sam Mercer received the ball in the box, he shielded off um, two or three defenders, and he was able to turn and get shot off, and he scored, and just like that, UCFB um, win the lead in a game that they really shouldn't have been in, like, sorry, with a better team uh, up to that point, but then UCFB uh, got gifted a chance, and they took advantage, uh, so after sorry were 1-0 down, they started attacking with more and more intensity, but um, it wasn't any harder for the UCFB defence to deal with, they were Holding off, they're holding the sorry attack off really well, but um, uh, sorry uh, got a corner in the seventieth minute, and it was really poor defending. But uh, they managed to, it was a bit scrappy, but they managed to get an equaliser. Uh, so in the uh, in the final fifteen minutes, the game was surprisingly quiet. Uh, you'd think that both teams would have sort of gone for the win, but there weren't really any chances in the final fifteen minutes, and the game ended one one after ninety minutes. And unlike the women's game, it, this game went straight to penalties. Uh, so the penalties were 4-4 um, uh, with uh, the fifth um, penalty saved for both sides and it went to sudden death. But uh, one uh, thing I want to highlight from the f from the first five penalties was a uh, nine. Uh, so the fans uh, started gathering, watching penalties and um, they were sort of trying to put nine off and he wasn't having any of it. And uh, um, he embarrassed the keeper with a lovely Penenka onto the bingo card. Uh, despite this though, unfortunately, um, Sorry, we were able to get the win and they won 5-4 on penalties. But credit to UCFB for taking the game all the way, considering their opposition was in a higher league. 
Yeah, so it sounds like a really sort of resilient performance from the, the seconds and unlucky not to get through. Obviously, when you get to penalties, it's almost luck of the draw. You can practice all you like, but when, you never really know what it feels like until you're stood sort of 12 yards out yeah. and you've got to decide where you're putting it. Um, but yeah, unlucky, it, was, it sounds like they were really unlucky to not go through. But again, a great performance considering how the opposition they faced. Yeah, it was really hard for them. Uh, they went like, the way they had to play is some uh, like a sort of a way they're not used to. So they did really well, and their spirits were high after the game on the way back. Just but you know, they sort of um, the team tried to make the two players that missed penalties uh, feel a little bit better, and they sort of made a joke out of it. The manager Dwayne Grizzle um, got them a couple of cards as, as a joke because um, uh, James uh, James Rose hit the bar, and then he sort of uh, Dwayne got a card and sort of growing it like you know you've set the bar for this season they're sort of joking about how of it so keeping high spirits up you know how did Jude Harding do who'd obviously stepped up from the thirds into the seconds for this cup game how was he I think uh, Jude Harding uh, played really well um, he came in in right centre mid and um, I think at the start he, uh, it was a little bit difficult for him because he wasn't used to the way UCFB were playing and obviously it was a hard game but um, in the, I think in the second half he played a lot better and um, sort of uh, Got used to his role, sort of um, holding the uh, get receiving the ball, then um, holding holding players off, and then waiting for the runs on the wings. But yeah, it was nice to have uh, some players from the thirds come on to the seconds. Jude's now played in all three of the teams, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, so he played for us, or I say us, the first team uh, at away at Kings College in the cup a couple of weeks ago, and now he's obviously played for the seconds and his permanent residence is in the in the thirds at the minute it's a lot of initiations <laughs> yeah so it's likely that he'll get called up he might get called up for the fest again because they're the only uh, men's team left in the cup now I thought, I thought you were going to say he might get called up for the women's academy <laughs> 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 uh, so um the thirds didn't have a game last week no yeah another blank game week for us uh, due to getting knocked out of the cup in the first round uh, on penalties unfortunately um, but uh, so I know your pain, Dylan. But <laughs> but Marley, you were away with the firsts. How did that go? Yeah. So unlike the seconds and the thir- thirds, we managed to win our penalty shootout. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> um, but no, we it was a a, a great performance from the first. Um, we were playing uh, Reading, who currently sit fourth in the top tier of the southeastern sort of region. So when you think of think about it, like they're the fourth best team in our region uh and but spirits were high before the game you know everyone was sort of it wasn't it didn't feel like we were going into the lines then almost everyone was sort of jovial and relaxed and ready to go um and the game kicked off and it to be fair UCFB started really well the Reading dominated the ball which I th- I think to be fair Jake expected manager Jake Caradus expected because he'd put uh, Jacob Sim in back into center half and then Ricky Kenny came in from the thirds and instead of playing sort of one holding midfielder where he usually plays Sim he had uh, Callum Foster and Ricky Kenny sort of side by side to create a box with the two center backs and then Adam Sawyer was there to support the front three so it was a bit more defensive a bit more um, reserved but UCFB was set up really nicely 
and it wasn't like they were sitting back soaking up pressure they went on the front foot and pressed and Reading really struggled to play out from the back because this press was so successful in particular Reading's left back really got caught out a few times from Giorgio who um, just kept winning the ball back and it was almost like they weren't learning so the first half it felt like there was a chance coming if they could just nick the ball and get a few right passes together which but it never quite came off um, UCFB did have a few scares Toby Mitchell cleared two shots off the line um, wow big, uh, big performance from yeah, him yeah yeah no it, 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 it was a, it was a mammoth performance from him and um, in the second half again Red impressed on and it, there were times when it looked like it was a, it looked like it would be a case of if they was when they would score as opposed to if but UCFB managed to hold on um, and to be honest going forward they didn't offer much in the second half Um and it, yeah, so in a game where both teams had conceded a combined 21 goals in 10 games, it finished nil-nil. <laughs> so I wasn't really expecting that. But um, I think UCFB were, were happy with their performance defensively. It was TJ Kilcullen's first clean sheet of the season, which he was buzzing with. Because a lot of the times he was still putting out these worldy performances. But it was just the fact that UCFB couldn't shut up shop that was meaning that they were conceding um, so he was really really pleased with his clean sheet and then it got it goes to penalties and again it's like we've said before it's it's the luck of the draw um, some great penalties by some of our boys uh, Giorgio stepped up first scored um, next was Joe scored as well uh, Ricky Kenny stepped up it was obviously only his, his second appearance for us so really admire the bravery to step up because I definitely wouldn't have um, and I, and it wasn't a bad penalty it was just really well saved by the Reading keeper like it was like almost like you couldn't believe he'd reached it um, so then just when you think oh this, this is sort of how it ends and you start to feel for Ricky the next penalty Reading hit the post and so they don't they can't take advantage of it um, then Richard Mills, Toby Mitchell and Callum Norman all slotted home their penalties. And then when all all attention's on him, he's got all the spotlight in the world, TJ Kilcullen dives to his right-hand side and saves to take UCFB into the quarterfinals. Absolute mammoth performance um, from everyone. Great performance. And on to the last eight. Unreal. Yeah, so it was, it was a great day um, for team spirit, for confidence morale all of that sort of stuff and um yeah long may it continue yeah that is that is really special i mean a penalty shootout is the cruelest way to decide a football match isn't it but when you're on the right end of it it's it's complete ecstasy yeah, it's nice to see that at least one of the teams won on penalties <laughs> <laughs> and you can catch it all on the ucfb first team youtube channel because there is a match day vlog um of how the day went we had some initiations after the game as well um, because certain players had managed to sort of worm their way out of it afterwards but um, so yeah if you want to check that out head over to our YouTube channel and you can watch that that's the end of part one join us for part two when we have the fifth instalment of away days if you're a student in Wembley you definitely know about Blue Check Wednesdays from 10.30 onwards you can get in for free so make sure you don't miss out hurry up alright so we're here on away days we've just beat Reading there's three um Ratings you need to give. The first one is for the changing rooms. Out of ten, how good were the changing rooms? To be fair, they weren't bad. To be fair, not bad. We didn't think we were going to get them, did we? 
Nah, not to start off with. But, uh, to be fair, it was a bit cramped in there. Yeah, not much. It was a bit cramped. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, 7.5. Yeah. All right. So net is the football pitch. So how was the pitch? How was the ground? Shocking. I thought the pitch was. Um, not quite SJP. It was. Well, I mean, it was so bobbly. Like, I mean, no, I, I think there was zero completed passes. To be perfectly honest, for the whole game. I don't know. So, I think I made a few. I'm pushing that, pushing the boat out there, mate. Well, mine's Cheeto, quite good. Yeah. I reckon I'll give it probably a three. Three. Yeah. So what was the pitch like though, in terms of, it was bobbly like you say, but was it big or small? It was, nah, it, it was quite small to be fair. Sure, similar, wide but sure. Similar to when we played Hertfordshire away. And then finally, the home support, how was the home support? Uh, pretty dead, like, yeah, there was a lot of fans to be fair, but it was just a dead banner. Like they found real, real joy in Norman's name, even though his name's not Norman. Yeah. They turned up but they didn't turn up. Yeah, nah, they're... Not quite, not quite UCFB. Their, their banner was awful, like terrible. So I'll probably give it two. I don't know. There was a big number there. There was a, a bit. Yeah, there was numbers. Five. Uh, Shit banner. There, let's go in the middle. Four banner. Three point five. What? Three point five. Go four. Nah, three. Three point five. Three point five out of ten. Yeah. So just to recap, that is seven point five out of ten for the changing rooms. Yeah. A three for the pitch, and then a three for the home support as well. Yeah. Three point five for the home support. Three point five. Yeah. Right, and that's been a way day. Thank you very much. What is that then? Is that like 14. 14. I think, I think we're that's, noticing. That's the lowest score, isn't it? Other than the minus two or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's joint with South Bank oh. as the, the that, joint lowest score. South Bank didn't have nets. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, do you know what I love about the, the, the corner flags or, or any balls or linesman flags? How is that tied? <laughs> do you know what I love so much about when the first do it, though? They are so specific with their ratings in terms of, like, 7.5. Like, yeah, they give, yeah. like, decimal points. Decimals. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, it was... It, it, the pitch wasn't great. Again, it was, it was really small. Um, like they said, it was it, it was a bit a lot like Hartford cheers in the set. It was it was like if you looking at it, you thought we thought it was like a nine side pitch mm -hmm. and that we were playing on sort of pitches on the other side of the field. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 this is this is your pitch. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, you, you and me spoke to TJ that night, didn't we? And he said that one of the goals, one of like the, the six yard boxes, was just all sand, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a good pitch, is it? No. It, it wasn't great um, but we managed to get the win and um, I think it was quite telling that obviously one of the the, the boxes was like that because we did, there wasn't like a coin toss to pick an end it was like no, <laughs> we'll, we'll go to this end and we'll, we'll take the penalties in this one because otherwise we're taking beach penalties in the other one so um, yeah I can't help but feel like getting a win away will be um, a good thing for the for the scoreboard for for the home for, for the away ground yeah no I can't I, I dread to think what it would have been yeah. had we have lost yeah um, <laughs> but it would have been a lot worse but yeah no the, the the changing rooms weren't massive there was like a a little bit um, it there was like toilets first that you had to walk past to then get into the changing rooms so there was a bit of a space to do an interview which I did with uh, Jake and Toby which was quite nice to have that sort of space where you could separate yourself from the noise of the changing room to do like a quiet interview. 
um, the only problem being that everyone was so buzzing that everyone was just in and out of the door. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was rarely ever quiet in there. To be, we had to wait for everyone to leave to do Toby's interview. And then even then, still, Callum Norman uh, rushed on camera to scream. Um, just just scream at the camera in excitement. But when, it, when I watched your vlog back, that like my ears, oh my God. I was wearing <laughs> headphones to listen to it to pick up any like, like strange bits of audio. But that nearly killed me. <laughs> it was so loud. Yeah. But um, to be fair to him, he'd had a really hard day in terms of the abuse he was getting from the uh, the, the the fans. They um, Because obviously on the pitch, we've got two Callums. Callum Foster, Callum Norman. Hmm. So naturally, one of them goes by their second name. And Norman obviously just rolls off, off the tongue a bit easier, I think. And it's quite easily shortened to Norm. Um but I think they'd heard that and thought his name was Norman. So, in, <laughs> as opposed to Callum, which, to be fair, is a bit of a would be a bit of a weird first name. Yeah. But it wasn't even like the way they were sort of abusing him was so weird. It wasn't like off-putting. It was just annoying. Mm. Like they were like, "Normie, mummy's calling," and like stuff like that. Like it would. It was like it was weird. Like it was weird what they were saying. Like it wasn't like it didn't make sense. A lot of it. Um, it's just shit. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, they, and then after the game, uh, Jacob Sim turned around to him and said, "You know his name's not actually Norman. It's Callum Norman. Like we call him Norm because it, like his last name." And they were like, "Yeah, but that's not as fun." And we were like, "Your banter was They're rubbish. Not wrong, though. It's not as fun, is it?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But to be fair, you could still say Callum Mummy's calling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not specific to the name Norman, is it really? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So there was there was some some really really whiffy chat from from there a lot. But uh, he shut them up with the penalty though, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. The funny thing was, he uh, they while he was walking down, they I I did worry for him a bit because they were all going, Norman, give us a wave, Norman, give us a wave. Um, and he didn't didn't look at all. He was just straight at the goal, and then he put the ball in the back of the net. And as he's running back to everyone, he's just waving at them like that. <laughs> um, and then when we finally did go through, unfortunately, I didn't manage to catch it on camera. But while everyone was sort of huddling up celebrating, he just ran over to them and just knee sliding in front of them, <laughs> like like Adebayor or something. <laughs> it was absolutely quality, and I think everyone on the bus. It was one of the first things like I popped the SD card into my laptop and we was like, oh, please, please say I've got it. And you literally see him run just out of shot and he must do it probably about two inches oh. over from from where I, I and it was. Oh, it was heartbreaking realising that we hadn't got it on camera because it was it was poetic. Special moment. Yeah. What, what, that's one of my moments of the season so far, for sure. Must have been a great feeling for him to be ridiculed for the whole game and then to come out on top and be able to do that. Oh, there's there's nothing better than getting slated for ninety minutes and then having the last laugh. Is yeah. yeah. Well, the thing was, credit to him, it didn't really affect his game. He did have a good game. Um, worked really hard as always, and and a lot of the good stuff that UCFB did do going forward actually went through him. So he did have a good game. Um, which is credit to him, considering he was getting the brunt of most of the abuse. I think it was because he'd obviously started on that left-hand side by all of them. 
he was just sort of like the the closest one, the one that would be able to hear him. There's no point shouting over to the other side where Giorgio stood, because mm. um, even to the point where when the second half came, they moved round to the side that I was filming on to still berate him and stuff like that. And um, eventually, when I asked them to move because they were getting in the way of like my shots, um, they moved back round, but they still didn't stop. Um, so yeah, he did really well to sort of keep his game face and keep his head in the game and help UCFB go into the quarters. That's the end of part two. In part three, we'll be speaking about our player of the month. Welcome back to part three. In this segment, we will be discussing our player of the month for November. So Connor, who are you putting forward? Um, my nomination for this month after last month's victory is Jack Krusk, our goalkeeper. Um, in the game against Southbank, when we had that absolutely shocking pitch, uh, he kept us in the game. I think he made three saves from one-on-ones. I think, honestly, without him on form that day, we probably would have lost that match just due to the poor conditions and we the fact we couldn't play our football. But, yeah, absolutely phenomenal man-of-the-match performance from him in that game. One of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen as he's following UCFB. Uh, obviously, the game after, uh, he kept a clean sheet uh, in our 11-0 thrashing of... Bucks men's, so uh, yeah, he just had a good month really. Bar the um, uh, free-free draw in the cup, which I didn't actually attend, so I can't comment on that too much. Um, well, I think that was just a hard game. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been really good. He's, he's done everything that's been needed of him. Uh, yeah, just very solid keeper. He's had a good month, and he's in my nomination. How about you, Dylan? Um, so for the seconds, um, Sam Mercer has been nominated for Player of the Month. Um, he featured in the first game of the season against Goldsmith, which he won 9-1. And then um, he hasn't been in the team uh, up until the last three games. But he came in um, and he scored four goals in the last three games. And it's not a surprise that for the seconds, it's, it's been a, it's another winger that's been nominated. That's sort of the highlight of the second team and the way they play, that uh, these wingers are sort of rushing forward and they're the main attacking threat. So it was nice to see uh, Sam come in and um, make a big impact. It could have been any. Uh, it could have been any of the midfield uh, this month. There's a lot of uh, players that had some really good performances, um, and and sort of uh, played well. And it's something that you don't see in stats. So Jack Bibb and Cameron Marshall have had some really good games in midfield. But obviously, no goals and no assists. Uh, but for this month, I think it uh, had to be Sam for him to come in um, back into the second team and sort of. Um, play immediately immediately play well in the, uh, in the way he has been like similar to the way he was in the first game so yeah um, Sam Mercer right winger for the seconds uh, what about you Marley? I think it's been hard for the first team this month because it feels like we've gone from strength to strength to strength week on week and I don't think there's anyone that sort of has underperformed in any of our games everyone's sort of been at it um, and that's sort of shown in our results that have only gotten better and better and better as the month has gone on. But uh, I think there's one guy that has sort of stood out for the firsts, and I think all, all the, the entire team will agree, and that's uh, the goalkeeper, TJ Kilcullen. He's, it's, it's sort of unfair, really, because the stats don't really represent how good he's been. He's conceded 11 this season, but honestly, without his level of performances, it could have been, that, could, that number could be double, if not triple. He, every game he comes up with two or three top top saves um and he's he, he's just like mr reliable like you you don't worry about him making 
like mistakes. He's very he's a very assured goalkeeper. And then I think just to top it off with the last week of November, getting his first clean sheet, and then gets doing the winning save in the penalty shootout is just sort of what made me sort of hang my hat on him and say, yeah, you're the you're gonna be the nomination for the first team for the player of the month. So I'm going with TJ Kilcullen. I think that's one of the biggest characteristics in a goalkeeper, isn't it? Being just reliable. Like it's it's all well and good if like your keeper can make a worldy save, but if if they they let in the easy ones and have a, like a mistake in them, then their their value suddenly drops massively. Um, it's it's the the goalkeepers that are maybe not the flashiest, but the most reliable that are the ones that you want. Yeah, the honestly the biggest compliment you can give him is on a football pitch he's boring because it it's, he just does his job. There's nothing exciting about it because it's it's he makes the saves, gives the ball out. His distribution is really good, um, and then every now and then you get that sort of like wow, like as when he makes an absolutely unbelievable save. But for the most part, it's it is sort of do you know what I mean? It's just oh, there's another save. There's make, another makes save. It look yeah, so. He he's been one of the sort of unsung heroes for for the first team up to this point, with a lot of sort of attention going on. Maybe the strikers that have been banging in goals and getting uh, gelling really well and being creative. Um, so yeah, it, I thought it was just time to sort of give him a bit of recognition, and so that's why I'm putting forward TJ Kilcullen. Uh, for the women's academy, I'm putting forward a player who is playing her first season of university football. And um, she plays on either wing, but uh, the the left wing has been a position that we've we've struggled to tie down because usually EB game we play there. But her commitments to Portsmouth have meant that she's missed quite a few games now this season. Um, and that's Kira Perju that I'm putting forward. She's really like massively stepped up. Um, a lot of the time in sort of the first half of the season, we were, would have relied on Evie to provide those moments of magic and anything going forward in attack was sort of going through her but um, since she's been absent Kira's completely filled her boots like um, this month four games I think it's five five assists and four goals so nine contributions in, in over those four games and she's just been so instrumental to anything good that happens in our attack and she's really gelling well with uh, the other two players in our front three um, and that's the, that's the reason she's my pick I think um, I think she won the penalty as well in our 7-0 win against Chichester so if you want to count that as an assist there's, there's six up there um, or if you want to count FBL assists her rebounded shot fell to Savannah last week so maybe seven assists <laughs> and four goals um, you are relentless with this UCFB football bingo you're taking anything you can get now you've had a taste for it <laughs> but no but no really um, it, the numbers she's putting up just shows her her ability to, to create going forward as well as finish them off and she she seems to be that beacon of light, the one in the attack that everything sort of goes through, the ones that the midfielders look to get the ball to. Um, and she provided the assist for that 93rd minute uh, header that we scored last week that rescued us from a really tough position. So for that reason, Kira is my nomination. So obviously there are all some great nominations there and some great individual performances. But as we know, boys, only one person, one player can be named the player of the month. So I'm gonna open open it to the floor. Who do we who do we think? I think first of all it's nice to see some keepers up there for them nominations as well. Not just goal scorers, it just shows a bit of diversity. Yeah, I think it's easy to sort of go 
uh, well, he's 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 scored the most. He or she has scored the most goals, or or X, Y, and Z, and focus on stats. But sometimes it's it's stuff that you can't necessarily quantify in terms of, or you can, but um, in terms of saves made, I don't know the specific number, but it feels like TJ probably the same with Jack has probably made about a million saves since the season has started. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? But um, and for that reason, if you're if you're getting nominated for Player of the Month as a goalkeeper, it speaks volumes about how good you are. If there's all these, because I mean, all of our teams have really good goal scorers, and then we usually put up pretty good numbers each each month. Um, and so for a goalkeeper to be putting up for it, it really says a lot about how well he's done. Yeah, yeah especially so because uh, usually keepers are solely judged on clean sheets. But um, for these keepers to be making these incredible saves and playing consistently, uh, it's nice to see that they're getting the recognition for it. And what um, I quite like about the story of Sam is Sam Mercer sort of lost his place in the second team starting eleven. And he's sort of had to fight back to get it. So it's sort of now come full circle where he's not only earned his place back in the starting eleven, but he's now excelling in that in that um starting lineup and, and contributing as well. So that's nice to see that sort of determination and grit and it just shows how competitive all the sort of UCFB squads are. Yeah, I mean for the seconds I think the wing uh the left and right wingers are um two of the hardest positions to play because they have to have to rush forward and they also have to come back and help their fullbacks defend. So they're always up and down the pitch. They've got to, you know, have good stamina. So uh, for him to come back in the team and play well uh, has been good. So we need a decision. Um, I mean, we can only speak for what we've seen. No, and, of course. Um, yeah. We're going Sorry, off. Just one second. Can we play the X Factor music over this? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Um, as you were saying, John. Um, what was I saying? Um, we can only speak for what we've seen, and we're relying on each other's judgment to go off um, the, the performances that we've seen. And that's why I'm going to say I think, with the months she, she's had, Kira, I think, is definitely deserving of the Player of the Month awards this month. Um, she's been absolutely fantastic, and the the sort of turnaround in form that we've seen from from UCFB on a, a season that was really quickly going south and it was looking like we were sort of short for relegation and now we've got a big chance to to change that i think kira has been the the main instigator of that yeah no i completely agree i think her numbers first of all are ridiculous it to to have nine goal contributions in four games that is it's almost like machine like do you know what i mean you, it's it's rare that you see those sort of numbers at any sort of level so I, I completely agree. I think she's a deserving winner, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 happy to concede that even though sort of TJ's had a great month, um, I'm sure he he'll be more than happy to sort of let let Kira take the the, the podium. Well done to Kira for scooping this month's Player of the Month award. Yeah, round of applause. Very well deserved. Yeah, it was it was a massive surprise for me seeing how good she was because the first time I watched her play, 
she was playing in goal for us. And I, I, don't, I don't think she'll mind me saying she was pretty shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, she made a couple of decent saves, but there were there were two goals that she probably should have saved that week. Um, so maybe if she has stayed in goal, TJ might have beaten her to the player <laughs> yeah. of the month. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely think so. So not just two goalkeepers, two and a half goalkeepers have made the player yeah. of the month nom- <laughs> nominations. Yeah, I think she'd, she'd definitely admit that she's not a goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. But since coming outfield, she's just been, I would say, the best player on the team. I was going to say, given the numbers she's putting out now that she's outfield, what was she doing in goal in the first place? It was, it was, a, it was down to, to numbers. It was a crisis that we, <laughs> we needed someone to go in goal. And it was her debut. And so um, she was happy to go in between the sticks. And she played the full 90 minutes there, which was you know fair enough fair play to her for, for stepping up and doing it um, but I think it, it says a lot about how humble she is she sh- she definitely should have been saying no play me outfield and I'll get you goals and we will maybe win this match which we didn't in the end that's the end of part three stay around when we will be looking ahead to next week's game fixtures welcome back to part four we're going to run through the fixtures that we've got for match week eight um, Marley, where are you with the firsts this week? That's a great question. We are at home. We've got a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, we're playing Canterbury Christchurch men's first team in the league. Um, Canterbury haven't had a great start to the season. Um, they they currently sit below us in the league table, despite the fact that we've got a game in hand on them. Um, so it it's looking like a game that we should win but obviously you can't be too complacent and it but obviously the form we're in at the minute as well and the sort of team spirit that's going round after that win it it's now it, Toby said it in the interview after the the, the Reading game it, it's almost got to the point where they're, they're not really bothered with who it is that's on the other side of the pitch they just want to get out there and play and win and it, it doesn't matter whether they're in sort of tier one or tier eight they're just it's the same mentality. Let's just get on, play, score some goals, and win. Um, obviously, if UCFB do manage to win, that that keeps our title charge up, which you know we really do want to keep going. Obviously, if we win, we go second. Still, those two points behind Hertfordshire. But yeah, I, it's just one of those now where every game it's just a, a must win. It must win if we want want the league and cup double, which we do. Um, so the way we, the, the 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 first team are treating it is, you know, we've got we've got six more, ga- uh, seven more games in the league, three more games in the cup, and if we win all of those, then we've got a double, and anything short of that is, or we sh- we could have a double, um, and any anything short of that is failure. <laughs> Maybe not failure, yet, but if you don't win both your. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but sort of any anything short of that is you've only got yourselves to blame if you don't if you don't win it if if we sort of go in a league campaign where you you've drawn one game and lost one game and haven't won the league there's not not really much more you can do in terms of results that's still quite a good record in terms of um win, wins loss and losses and draws so but yeah um where are the women Sean? Uh, we're at home as well. Silver Jubilee Park will be kicking off at twelve against Brunel. Um, oh, so you're the early kickoff. We are, yeah. Um, we drew with Brunel in the reverse fixture. It's two two. 
Um, and I think with the with the with the form that we're in at the moment, we should be going into this with an air of confidence. Um, Brunel come off the back of a four three loss to Cambridge in the cup. Um, they're two places above us in the league in fourth, so um, we do have some catching up to do uh, if we're going to get close to them. They're four points ahead of us at the moment, but I think yeah, with the form that we're taking into this game, we've got every right to think that we can we can go and continue our our winning streak and make it three in a row. Um, Dylan, where are the seconds? Yeah, so the seconds uh, also at um, Silver Jubilee Park. The late kickoff at four pm. Um, also against Bruno as well. Uh, so we um, we haven't played Bruno before, but um, they currently sit fourth in the league, um, having won one game and one lost one game with a minus two goal difference. Uh, meanwhile, the seconds sit first, uh, six points clear of second place, uh, with a goal difference of seventeen. So just looking at the table alone, it looks like it's going to be a relatively easy game for UCSB. Um, and uh, hopefully, um, last last time um, the seconds had a four pm kickoff. Um, after the first, some of the players stayed down and uh, cheered the seconds on, and um, so put a, they stood behind the keeper and put a lot of uh, pressure on him, and and because of that, he started to uh, mess up a lot of goal kicks and clearances. So hopefully, we can see something like that again as well. Of course, um, you were there, Marley, and um, with the first team that that day. Yeah, that was it. That was a great atmosphere at SJP. We sort of stayed back after we'd. I think we'd drawn with Kent that week, um, and yeah, just sort of being able to put the, the the opposition off and and get into their heads a bit it it has a noticeable impact um so the prospect of having the women's the firsts and the seconds all at SJP means that obviously the se- the seconds might come down early for one of the games and some of the the wimp firsts or the women's might stay late for some of the games as well so it's it it looks as though there's going to be an, a, another absolutely electric atmosphere at SJP but yeah that helped that support it it, it does affect it affect it, it affected us last week when we were at Reading and there was fans there mm. maybe not as much as they would have wanted or in the way they would have wanted because you know I think Callum got on the bus and just phoned his mum straight away from all the <laughs> encouragement but <laughs> <laughs> um it's you, you know it's it 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 definitely it it can have a positive impact on the team for sure Connor, where are you guys? Uh, we are away for the fifth week in a row. Um, I don't think we've even got any home games this season. I think we're just playing ten away games. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the women's fifth game at home in a row now. So we're due to swap with you at some point soon, I think. So I'll have a lot of away days on my hands. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we know how it feels. <laughs> um, you sound so demoralised. <laughs> I've never You're... spent so many hours on a bloody coach seat. It's actually ridiculous. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're away to. You look so angry. <laughs> it's f-ing annoying. I'm fed up with it. The worst part is, he was so happy because he thought he was at home this week. <laughs> and then when you said you were at four, and I said I was at two, and you said you was at twelve, and he realised he was away again. Pull it together. Pull it together. Okay. Sorry, Connor. Continue. Carry on. You're away at where? (laughs) Uh, We are away at St. Mary's. I think they sit second in the league. Um, We're first, obviously, absolutely smashing it. 
Uh, yeah, it should be an interesting game. I'm not really too sure what to expect, but uh, I think if we just go out and play our game, I don't think there's many teams in our league or any teams in our league that can keep up with us, really. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. If they are second in the league, this will probably be your biggest test, yeah, yeah. in terms of league football anyway. Um, so it's definitely one that they'll have to be up for. They can't just walk on thinking they're going to absolutely pummel them 12-0 again. No, yeah. We The women's team have St Mary's coming up away from home, so... Um, I'll be listening out for your away days segment next week. Yeah. Hopefully, it's be not nice too to bad. Have somewhere to sit this week. That'd be good. Maybe a bench <laughs> or just yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you sound like you're having a tough time this week. Connor yeah. just Connor like, just Wednesday is just cold weather, standing about for a while and sitting on a coach for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Connor just misses SJP, misses those the dugouts and the roar of the crowd, <laughs> the four pound pint. <laughs> maybe one day let's see what happens alright that's everything yeah brilliant so thanks for listening we'll see you next week if not in blue check on Wednesdays